mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey everybody! Welcome to Marriage Martinis. I'm Adam. Here's Danielle. Hello. I'm I'm happy we're doing this '80s '90s throwback thing. Well, first of all, we tried this three times. Wow, you really just jumped right in. Yeah. But I have something else to talk about for I have a, <laughs> I have a few like little chit chat things that I kind of wanted chit-chat. to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, uh-huh. the first one was we tried this before we we released our first episode, right? three times no not before we released our first episode wasn't the throwback to the 80s 90s wasn't that what yeah, we no, tried no 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 it, it was it no it wasn't supposed to be our first episode but it was definitely towards the beginning of the podcast oh. we tried to do an episode of like what what um our our child our childhood growing up versus our kids childhood and growing up we tried to do that we, we recorded it like three times and each yeah, time that we was were like it was terrible we released anything Mm-mm. really i don't think so oh, okay i think i'm right okay all right might be. <laughs> i might be wrong but, but but also which is all is really funny i there was a marathon on this morning of three's company and that's 70s, not 80s. I get it, but I watched it a lot in the 80s growing up. Mm-hmm. Love that show. And I spent a good couple hours this morning just binging Three's Company. And you showed Ian. Well, I showed Ian. He hated it, which makes sense. He's 13. But he was binging Friends downstairs at the same time. So it was very like, you know. Yeah, he just started watching Friends. Yeah, because of the um, reunion. reunion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite 80s TV show? My favorite. That's so hard. That, Three Scum is not my favorite, but it's up there as. Right. But that really was 70s kind of. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, it, you know, it, there are so many, but like, and again, I don't know if this is 70s also, but my family every week. Well, first of all, family ties. We all wa- always watch together. Yeah. And um, happy days. Okay. Which I think maybe started in the 70s also. I'm not sure. I didn't watch it. But we every week we watched Happy Days and we watched Family Ties. I don't remember if they were on the same night. Like it's all very. And then Joni and Chachi came on. Which that was, was after Charles in Charge. No, not Charles <laughs> in Charge. <laughs> that was after um, Happy Days was over. It was Joni. Joni loves Chachi. That was Chachi Charles loves Joni. Wasn't that kind of the Charles same? Charles in Charge was Scott Bayo's show after. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew there was. But a... there are so many. Yeah. I mean, not nearly as many as today. Like today, there are shows that you never even heard of. Our kids talk about it. And I'm like, what? What? What is this show you're talking mm-hmm. about? I mean, there's endless. It wasn't like that. Like well, there we, weren't shows you didn't hear, you didn't know about when we were growing up. Well, we had 13 channels right. when we were growing up. There, there was a dial on the TV that you chose one through 13. That was it. And then cable came out and changed everything. But before that. We didn't have many options to choose from. Right. Did you check when cable came out? No. I didn't either. We should look that up. I want to know. No. Because I remember getting that box. Mm-hmm. I remember getting a VCR and for you the had first to time. push the top. There were two buttons, an arrow up and an arrow down on the top of the box that you had to push to, to have the channels go up or down. Mm-hmm. You had to do it on the box. Right. You had to get up and do it on the box. Yeah. I remember our first VCR had a wired remote. There was no wireless remotes yet, so it was literally tethered to the VCR, and it had play, pause, rewind, and stop, and fast forward, and that was it. Wow. <laughs> it was we technology. old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's all I had. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, it's really a gross day, and I feel like our, our energy is sort of matching that gross. I'm really tired. I know you are. Yeah. Yeah, and I um, I feel like I, I'm so happy about this weather. I know everybody's disappointed because tomorrow's Memorial Day, and everybody I know is like having long weekends at the beach and stuff around us. We're by the Jersey Shore, but I'm looking outside like... Uh, thank you for not making me feel like I need to be outside doing something. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. No, I'm actually excited about just having no responsibility right now. Right. We, we lit a fire because it's 50 degrees outside. We did. I haven't lit a fire since the winter. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. All right. All right. 80s and 90s. <laughs> I thought that you would be so excited about this topic because yeah. this is like your jam. Yeah, it is. You know what? And I feel like that old guy. Who like thinks like my in my day things mm-hmm. were so much better for this reason and this and that like going through this whole episode was making me feel like an old man being mm-hmm. that guy, <laughs> but damn right I'm proud of it <laughs> you know like I do feel that way yeah and we are getting to be the old people oh, stop it you are so ready to get old it's driving me I'm crazy just facing reality no. like we kind of are no you're ready old. you're talking about being like a grandmother and <laughs> no I'm having not menopause and all <laughs> having that fun menopause stuff. yeah you're always saying maybe i'm going through menopause because well, i have a stuffy nose or <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i say because i have a stuffy nose but all right <laughs> okay so i asked you in your own words sum up growing up as a kid in the 80s and 90s sure i came up with uh three words and my first one is freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, m- maybe it was just where I grew up. I'm not sure. But we were free to roam everywhere. We had, there was, I, live in the, I lived in a town where there was, it was like a two mile radius town where everything that you needed was in that town. You didn't have to go any further. But we were just free to like meet my friends, get on our bikes and ride wherever within this two mile radius we wanted to go. There was no reason to ever leave this area. And just be on our own. It we had no there was no there were no phones, like no cell phones. There were pay phones. You should tell the concept of the town because it's kind of cool. It is very cool. It was a great place to grow up. There was it's like I said, it's a two mile almost circle-ish square kind of thing where um it was split up into four different quads separated by a highway on two sides. And it was meant for people back in the seventies moving out of New York into New Jersey to be able to commute back to New York because most of the dads worked in New York still. So it was set up in that way that it was an easy commute town back to New York. It's right by the turnpike. So it was only a mile to the turnpike and 50 minutes into the city. So it was, it was a great place. And besides that, you know, each quadrant had its own pool. There were two schools, one on each side. There was our, you know, supermarket on each, like everything was just, it was a self-contained, it almost could be like a movie. But like something went wrong, that would be like a yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. movie. You well, know? it looks like that now. Yeah, it does. Yeah, now yeah. now it looks like it could be in a horror film because it hasn't maintained very well. Yeah, it looks like like now it became Zombieland or something. Right. That's not nice. I shouldn't say that. Okay. Yeah, but but it was a, it really was a great place to grow up. You never had to leave. All of your friends lived right near you. You walked to people. Like we just had freedom to do whatever we wanted. No questions asked. You didn't call anybody. No parents. We knew when to go home. That was it. Like after school or after school sports. After that, we went out. We rode our bikes. We played sports. We just hung out at this um, shopping outdoor shopping area. Like, and that was it. And we came home when we knew we were supposed to go home. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that today? No. Well, first of all, we live in an area where it's not possible. No, because it's all major roads. That anyway, so kids can't get around. But they don't live. Right. We have a couple of developments that are like that, which are nice, but. Yeah, we have there's like a no, Wawa and... <laughs> right, there's yeah. no like real... Like they go to the mall. Yeah. Which we did too. Don't get me wrong, but that's like... I feel like that's all they have. Mm-hmm. Right? We went to the mall and walked around and everybody was smoking. In the mall? Yeah, with yeah. those... There were ashtrays everywhere. Even like in fast food restaurants, there were ashtrays. <laughs> like all this stuff that right. you... There's so many details that you forget that now you're sort of like, how did, how did they allow that? Well, that leads me to my next word, which was dangerous. Because the 80s were dangerous in like every way. But I think it was also, not that it was just dangerous, but it, it was at the at maybe the first time or they were trying to let us know, like the teachers and parents and just trying to let us know life is dangerous. Like wasn't child kidnapping the thing of the 80s that we were all nervous mm-hmm. about? 
there were so many like after school don't take, specials. Don't take candy from strangers. Yeah. And but there was always there was movies and stories and on the news it was always about kidnapping. I was so scared to get getting kidnapped. Well, that's because there was no GPS tracking like there is today. So instead of GPS yeah. tracking, they had to like make sure that you weren't going anywhere that you weren't supposed to be like they had to scare the shit out of you because they couldn't keep track of you. But was it re- like was it a prevalent thing like were kids really getting kidnapped as much as we were being told? I mean, told? I think that kidnapping was a thing, but I also think that that was like they're they're playing defense sort of or offense to get ahead of it. Like, all right, I can't keep track of you. You know, you know, there were no cell phones. There were no, you couldn't even call home from most places. God forbid, you know, you had to call collect if you didn't have a quarter or whatever. And I think that that was sort of the way of like being like, I can't keep track of you. So I have to scare the shit out of you. (laughs) And they did. (laughs) I I also remember being shown maybe in fourth grade uh, with they they all brought us into the cafeteria and put on the TV to warn us about mischief night. (laughs) And I remember seeing a video where they show two kids on an overpass over a highway and they throw this huge rock over the overpass onto the highway and it hits a car beneath and they, they, they cut the scene to the guy who got hit, and his face is covered <laughs> in blood. There's glass everywhere. He's screaming, crashes his car. And like, that's what they were showing us to make us, like, not to do mischief night, you know? And did you go out for mischief night? I never did mischief night. Yeah. I never did. I don't know if that's the reason why, but right. I'm just saying, like, the shit that they showed us to scare the shit out of us. Totally. Like, why not to do these things? Yep. Um, I mean, also, like, the backseat of a car was a free-for-all. Right. We didn't. Sometimes there were no seatbelts. Mm-hmm. And I, luckily, we weren't. I, we had cars that did have seatbelts, but it didn't matter. If we went on a long trip, my sister would lay across the seat. I would lay across the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, then, like, you had a. You had a station wagon, yeah, we right? Had, you sat we had backwards. the family truckster from vacation. Right. That was our car. We had an N. The back was, you know, you would go somewhere for the day, the zoo or whatever, and on your way home, they would just, you would just lay in the back all the way. Well, didn't you have those seats that faced backwards? We had the seats that faced backwards, but if you had too many kids to sit there and you guys were tired, m- your parents would put the seat down in the way back and you would just lay right. across and, you know... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just wing it <laughs> just pray that you didn't crash yeah also um helmets was not a big thing back then when we were running our bikes no. there was no such thing as helmets which i'll i'll get to later about my incident with that um and hitchhiking that was another thing that we were doing which i'll also get into later. but things were just more not that it was safer to do those things back in the 80s but they were just tolerated and it was part of life and society. Mm-hmm. Very strange to think about today. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd go to jail if we were the parents today, letting our kids do those things. Absolutely, right, a hundred percent. Yeah. What do you think? What, what do you, what do? You, so, um, I, <laughs> I summed up uh, being a kid in the eighties and nineties. I, I wrote a little poem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely original, so please don't judge me and bear with me, okay? Ready? Yeah, please. I cannot wait. (laughs) We're living on the edge. (laughs) Girls just want to have fun. I'm picturing, I don't know why. Um, (laughs) uh, What's it? What's the, um, oh, one of the movies that we loved with uh, Michael Myers. Yeah, sorry, Mary. Yeah, sorry, Mary. Murderer. When he's when they're doing poetry. (laughs) When it's when it's um, my eggs, my eggs (laughs) with a big latte cup. Wait, was that? Yeah, that's Mike Myers. So I'm at, was that I, you, was that that you're poem? Interrupting my creative my, moment. My eggs, my eggs. No, that was from something else. I don't know. That was from Married with Children. Uh, I don't know. When he went to this, but I know what you're poetry. talking about. So I married an axe yeah. murderer when he gets up for like uh, what's it called? You know, the night. Uh, what do you what do you call it when you open mic night? Open mic yeah. night. Yeah. All right. Sorry. All please right. continue. Okay. So girls just want to have fun. Video killed the radio star. It smells like teen spirit. So bust a move because I want to dance with somebody. (laughs) And what is a funky coal Medina anyway? Let's go crazy. Brass monkey, you funky monkey. And remember to just wake me up before you go, go. Is that it? We done? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That was wonderful. (laughs) Thank you for sharing the names of songs. (laughs) 
weirdest music. Like it was just everything was yeah. everything about the eighties, especially was just weird. So I don't know. I just like the music back then was just def- music and movies. It just like defined my childhood. I don't. I don't know if our kids are gonna feel that way. Like that. I mean, our kids are really into music and really into TV and everything, but. I don't know if it's they're going to look back and feel like it defined their childhood sort of like it did ours. I don't think so. I think music today changes so much more rapidly. Mm-hmm. Like back in the 80s and 90s, we kind of followed the same artists for a good part of the decade and waited for their next album. And we were so excited. You know, I don't know. Today, do they follow like are they into an artist for years or is it? The next mm-hmm. thing comes out every week and they're into the next thing and the new thing, which we kind of were too, but we followed the same artist, which kind of defined us, def- defined us who we are now, right? Yeah. No, definitely. And the, and the clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some funky clothes in the 80s. Yes, there were. Um, yeah. Okay. So what did you say uh, about your childhood in two minutes? Did you do that in two minutes or less? Oh, what, what, define my childhood in the 80s growing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, from what I can remember, at least, I have this weird thing that I don't remember a lot of things from my childhood, but I, I do remember we had a pretty standard, like, 80s TV show sitcom upbringing, like, where both my parents worked, my dad worked more, my mom was home to take care of us, you know, she came home from work after I was done with school and my sister was done with school, so luckily, she they worked together so they can make, you know, owning a business and make their own hours, but, you know, and... We'd get home, she'd, you know, make dinner for when my dad got home. We'd all have dinner together. We all did that sit-down dinner thing every night. It was just like a very standard, like, what you see on TV kind of thing, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Traditional. Very traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, it was very, like, I don't know. I feel like it was just very s- typical of, you know, I did after-school sports. I played a hell of a lot of Nintendo, you know, I, I don't know. Like it was, were you looking for something else? I don't know. I think it's kind of a boring answer. No, no, I, not at all. I I guess it's sort of like the, like the first question they are very similar. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, I, well, we did not have dinner together every night and everything, but I said a little bit about what you did, you know, carefree, that it was just such a carefree time that we were, we we had so much freedom to do whatever we wanted and go wherever we wanted. Um, It was dangerous. Mm-hmm. And my childhood, I have to say, I would, it, it's, it was weird. Like I had a very weird childhood. Just I, when I think about my neighborhood and the people in my neighborhood, I, I get like weird vibes and, um, you know, my pets were weird. My clothing was weird. Like the shows were strange if you really think about them and break them down a lot of them. Uh, but it was also like magical and beautiful, and I feel bad that it's something that our kids will like never understand and fully appreciate. No, it not was at just all. such a. There was something so magical about the eighties and nineties, and it was so much simpler. Like I feel like there was a like a regimented schedule that we kind of lived by. Where today things are a mess and things are crazy. We, you know, you more than me, but the kids, you know, they have a thousand different things at the same time, and. You know, we, we went to school, we had after school sports or played a sport and went and did that. And then we got home and we had dinner like that was yeah. it. We played one sport at a time or we did one thing on the weekend. It, it was very simple, right? Yeah, you weren't like overscheduled. No, and, you did your one mm-hmm. thing and you did school. Mm-hmm. So simple yeah. times. Yeah, <laughs> I remember my mom making me choose between doing brownies and doing dance, I had to choose. I could only do one thing. And now I feel like there's no choosing. Your kids just fucking do everything. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. No, definitely. Or a memory that sticks out that you still maybe think about, like a memory that's really just like, it, you yeah. know, imprinted in your mind. No, I have I have two of them, actually, which what I was saying before about not wearing helmets, riding your bike. I was four when I learned how to ride a two-wheel bike without the training wheels and all that. And I, you know, we were always riding bikes. And then, so there was one time I was probably five, maybe six. I don't know. There were some older kids like doing skids in the street, right? Like, you know, doing tricks with their bikes. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it too. And I wiped out hard in the middle of the street, face first, uh, split my lip in half 
split my forehead oh. in half. I have the stitches now to, to prove. Like I, I, my mom told me I, I ran to the front door and knocked on the door, and she didn't recognize me. Like oh, there was, no. she couldn't see through the blood on my face. Everything on my face was like split in half. I had to be rushed to the hospital for, for stitches. She said my grandmother came over and almost passed out when she just took a look at me. Even after I was cleaned up, like it was. Like that happened. Mm-hmm. It, like, I feel like today that, that, well, they wear helmets, so it doesn't happen, you know, so it's obviously a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I'll never forget that. I'll never, I remember it happening. So that's, that's one crazy story for me. But also, fast forward into the 90s in high school, one of my favorite things that I love that I don't think kids would do today, I'm not sure. But we would, we would first of all, from school, like I lived at a boarding school. Me and my friends would hitch from school. We would knock at cars' windows at the red light and ask if they could drive us into town, which is just a mile away. And they would do it. They, they, yeah, we had like our ties on and our jackets and they would trust us, I guess. They let us in their car. They drove us into town. And then at 16 years old, we would buy bus tickets at the kiosk in Princeton and get on a bus to New York for the day. Like on a Saturday morning, we'd hitch into Princeton, buy some bus tickets, go into the city for the day at 16 years old. Go down to Chinatown, go to our favorite sushi place, order beers, no questions asked. Mm. (laughs) I don't think that that could happen today. And we'd spend the day in the city just drinking beers and eating sushi and then... Drinking beers? Yeah. In high school? No, but they would serve us at restaurants at 16 years old. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. There was no problem. There was nobody asked for ID. There was no right. You know, it's just that would never happen today. Right. For, first of all, are sixteen-year-olds allowed to? Just can you imagine our daughter right now just buying a bus ticket and going to the city for the day, right? Without you knowing, right? Right? No. Isn't that crazy? Mm-mm. It's free for all, man. Good, mm-hmm. good old days. Mm-hmm. Smoke a bunch of cigarettes. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was the '90s. Cigarettes were healthier back then. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I I had two memories. I mean, I have a, a ton that like that stick out in my mind. But you know, I feel like every memory that I have, I I'm always like, I was three years old. But when I really looked it up, or when I like my first, all right, my first memory is, um, my mom taking me to see the best little whorehouse in Texas. Mm-hmm which is like a famous story now and my you know for everybody I talk about it all the time it's it was a memory that really shaped me the Dolly Parton movie and I always say every memory I say I'm like I was three years old I was three years old when we got our dog I was three years old with that I was every story I tell from my childhood I was three but I looked it up and it came out in 1982 so I was five I was not three <laughs> so my whole childhood has been a lie because I have told everybody that it happened when I was three so yeah, I that doesn't change things too much Right, right. It's just so funny that like, I'm like, when I was three, I was not three. So uh, yeah, something, you know, my mom was a very, she's still like a very lenient, lax person. And she was the type of person who like, if she wanted to see a movie and she had me, she would just take me to the movie. You know, she, there was no, I mean, I saw Jaws, which I, and they, I ended up, I did have to have my mom take me out because I was too scared. But I just so remember being in the movie theater and just everything about it. Like I just, first of all, I fell in love with movies from that. Like I, I'm always, you know, I think that's one thing that you and I share. We have, we're really obsessed. We had the best movie. Every generation will say that, (laughs) you know, we had the the best movie. The eighties were full of incredible movies. Right. And I, I just, I fell in love with the movies. I just, I, between that and like flash dance and everything, I just was like, I fell in love with like women, you know, just thinking that they're so badass and like how awesome women are. And they, they were great characters. Like Dolly Parton's character in that movie is awesome. Um, and, I, I, you know, I just, there was something about that memory and seeing that movie so young and everything that just stayed with me. Like, I don't know what it is about it, but it definitely shaped a little bit of who I am. Like I became obsessed with music and film and, you know, like Dolly Parton and being a badass woman and all of these things that, you know, my mom who took me to this movie, which now it would I would end up, you know, she would end up on social media like mm-hmm. and people would be bashing the shit out of her. I mean, yeah, there was some nudity and stuff, but it was kind of inappropriate but also just sort of I 
guess it went over my head or something. I don't know. I don't know. That also might be the whole reason why I've always been so sex crazed. So I have no idea. But <laughs> but like I just I don't know. That was one of them. The second one was getting my dog, rescuing my dog when I was three. <laughs> Are you sure you were three? I, I my mom says I was three. But um, we rescued him from, you know, he was in this like concrete room. Um, it just, I will never forget it. And it's always, number one, made me very passionate about rescuing and has always stayed with me. And um, so that was like a really big memory. But I looked it up because, you know, I feel like, do you feel like some of your memories from childhood, you sort of like fabricated a little bit and have filled in a lot of details? Probably. Maybe even without knowing it. Yeah. Yeah, because I I do think that that's, I mean... It says that we, when I looked it up, it says at least 40% of us have somewhat fabricated our first memories. We have the need to formulate and make more complete recollections, so we fill in blanks and create a story rather than keep our memories incomplete. It's scientifically accepted that autobiographical memories are possible only after the age of three. Before this, babies' brains are physiologically incapable of forming and storing episodic memories because the parts of the brain involved in these tasks are underdeveloped. In fact, some scientists believe we can recall autobiographical events only from around five or six years of age. And anything we remembered before this is called fragments. So most, you know, so 40% of the memories that we remember are fabricated mm-hmm. somewhat which makes sense yeah, it does yeah totally does right all right take let's a take break. a break yeah and uh we'll be right back okay okay i'm gonna be honest you always tell people about how you always cook and everything and i'm always like all right calm down you don't really cook that often i know it's because you don't have time but i enjoy doing it when but i do you do enjoy doing it when you do however <laughs> I have to say that my favorite thing about summer is how much you grill. Right. And I love grilling. And I love that you love grilling. I know you do. Because then I don't feel like I have to cook. <laughs> and you are a really good griller. I am going to give you that. Thank you. You really are. And that's why I was so excited when we partnered with Crowd Cow because we get all of their amazing items and crowd cow is the marketplace for high quality craft beef and meats from farms and ranches around the world they only work with farms that they know personally because they believe that when you know where and how your meat was raised you're able to make better decisions for yourself your family and your health they're all about meat and seafood that tastes better and is higher quality than the grocery store. And they support farmers that are doing it all the right way. Their meat has no growth hormones or unnecessary antibiotics. And you can buy meat that's grass-fed, pasture-raised, or wild-caught. You get access to cuts that aren't available even at well-stocked grocery stores. Grass-fed beef, wild-caught salmon, pasture-raised pork, and steakhouse cuts. And every box is recyclable and compostable. And every order is 100% carbon neutral from the field to your doorstep. And this year, CrowdCow is making it easy to gift us dads for Father's Day. CrowdCow is the perfect Father's Day gift. If you're listening, Danielle, please remember me this Father's Day. Trust me, I'm going to get you all the meat, baby. (laughs) Right now, CrowdCow is giving 20% off all gift orders if you want to gift your dad CrowdCow for this Father's Day. Check out their awesome boxes that they already have made just to place an easy order. Check out their dad bod box. Hi, hungry, I'm dad. The grill father. Fun names, fun boxes, and... Awesome meat was yeah. the difference with his name. <laughs> I love all the names of their boxes. They're so much fun. And they just add that extra special personalized flair. Totally. And they have gift cards available now on crowdcow.com as well. Right. So that you, if you know that your husband or your dad or whomever is going to want to go out and pick his own meat, then you know that you can send them with a gift card to Crowdcow and they can get whatever they want. Exclusive Marriage and Martinis listeners get $25 off your first order by heading to crowdcow.com and putting in promo code marriageandmartinis25 or just head to crowdcow.com slash marriageandmartinis. That's $25 off your first order with 
promo code marriageandmartinis25 or head to crowdcow.com slash marriageandmartinis today. So I asked you about your role in your household growing up Mm -hmm. because you you and I are both youngest children. For me, I won't answer for you, but for me, it has affected my entire being, the fact that I am a youngest child. Like, I just Well, you're, you're a youngest child by far. Right. So there's a big difference. That's true. Yeah. My whole identity for me is just like as a sibling and as a third child. And it's just it's interesting to me because I was talking to my best friend and she was saying that she thinks her whole sense of being she's an only child. And she was saying that also like her just her entire perception of herself, I think, is based on, you know, her having not had siblings and mine is where I fit in. So I I do think that it affects us a lot. And when I was growing up, because I was, you know, so much younger than my siblings, I think, number one, that I was always sort of trying to act older and be older. And, you know, like I said, I was obsessed with smoking cigarettes from the time that I was like eight years old. And um, I just everything I did was so affected by my place in my house, like my place in the family. But it's also interesting because as much as I was a youngest child, by the time I was 10, I was kind of for all intents and purposes like an only child in the house. My my siblings were gone. They were in college. Right. So I, you know, I really was like for me, imaginary play and everything was huge. I was always I think up till late middle school, maybe even early high school. I was always doing these like intricate imaginary scenarios like that I was, you know, part of this family and I was one of five siblings or I was a camp counselor or like I just always had what did you not do that <laughs> no I'm laughing <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing you at 10 years old having imaginary play and your yeah, imaginary friends I did and you're all sharing cigarettes and <laughs> <laughs> right right but I did I remember like I would speak out loud like I just had this whole thing going on they all had names and they all like it was really intense yeah, I, I think we both share the the youngest child syndrome. We are we were both rebellious. We both acted out. We were both the bad, you know, mm-hmm. kid, you know. I didn't have the same situation as you. My sister's only a couple of years older than me, but she was, you know, a good kid. She she did reasonably well in school and she had good friends and she was responsible and did all the right thing. Where I was the complete opposite. I was the rebellious one and always got into trouble and always and it sounds kind of similar to you, but for not the same reason, although we're both, you know, the younger children, but you, like you said, you, when you were 10, your brother and sister were in college already, you know, where my sister was home. And it was constantly like, it wasn't even a competition with her just because it was so on a different level. We were just totally different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, how do you think that... Um, we talk a lot about how our parents' marriages have affect us, affected us and our relationship, mm-hmm. right? So how do you think how do you think that's affected us? How do you think that's kind of molded you into who you are and mm-hmm. I'll speak for myself. I don't need you to speak for me on this topic. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm sure you have plenty to say about the way that I was raised and the way I am because of that, where I feel the same way about well, you. Well, I feel that way about both of us, yeah. not just you. And I do think, you know, I do think that it fucked us up for a really long time in our marriage Um, Mm -hmm. because I think we both didn't have so many others, maybe because we got married so young, but we both very much were like, oh, this is how a marriage should be. I looked at my parents, you looked at your parents, and we just were like, we just are going to do what they did, which was so dumb. Um, And we have since, I think, done a really good job of like backpedaling from that and redirecting ourselves. Yeah, but it took a long time for both of us. Sure did. Yeah. yeah, I, I think that my parents, like you were talking about traditional, my parents were very traditional. And not only were they traditional, but they were sort of, they were, they had very different roles in our house. I mean, my mom really was like 100% about, you know, she's the one who took us everywhere and she's the one who, um, y- you know, like set up our play dates and was there to talk to. And, you know, my dad worked a lot and my dad was also really into academics. So my mom was all social. Like she was like, 
obsessed with our social lives and making sure that we were doing okay socially. And in a lot of ways that was good because my sister was really shy. So she helped her get through that. And, um, but my dad was obsessed with academics. So, you know, it was really like, there wasn't a lot of balance with the two of them. It was very much like a little bit good cop, bad cop. Although my mom did, she was, we were scared to shit of my mom too. So it wasn't just my dad that we were scared of, but it was very much like he took care of the serious stuff and the academics and she took care of like the social mm-hmm. more fun stuff. Um, but yeah, looking at them, they certainly, you know, my dad would like all the guy stuff. He took her car to get serviced and he was, you know, he was in charge of the guy things and she was in charge of the I don't know how else to say it. Well, it's true because, you know, I describe it in a way where, you know, for with my parents, there's like a mix of like the 50s and 60s all the way through to the 90s uh, within their marriage. You know, like I said, that, but I think that's just very traditional and it was growing because, you know, we all know watching TV shows what it was like back in the 50s where, you know, the wife didn't work. She just stayed home and she took care of the house and that was it. But so there's a little bit of that that kind of went through to, I think, our upbringing too, where you said your dad was, he was the sole provider for the family, right? Sole. And did she, your your mother worked a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was mostly volunteer, but I guess she got some compensation. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, there was the, there's the whole male dominance thing within, you know, my parents and, and that where, but my mother did work and they worked together. Like I said before, they had a small business. So luckily they could make their own hours and she could be home for us. But, you know, my dad took pride in work and that was his big thing. You know, where my mother did the same, but she also took pride in her domestic responsibilities too. And she was very adamant about a clean house and making dinners and, you know, kind of bringing it back to that 50s, 60s thinking, you know, that that kind of way. But... I also think, you know, she she was progressive in a lot of ways and making her self, you know, stand out with what she wants to work all day with him and then come home and do those things, too. So they both had a lot of pride in what they, you know, felt that they were responsible for, which led to, you know, it was we were saying before, it was very different for you and I. And, you know, we I expected certain things looking at my family, as did you. And that was what caused so many problems in our relationship in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is totally not how we are now. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Did you write what you thought a therapist would say about aspects of your childhood? Yeah. I think they might jump off a roof after speaking to me. What do you mean? <laughs> Why do you say that? Because I was so, and I'm still fucked up. I was so fucked up. I, I have a huge mix of like learning disorders, immaturity, selfishness, like all these crazy things that were just made me a problem child. And that's pretty much how, if I, you know, I spoke to therapists. Nobody could help me. Not nobody. Anybody who I saw obviously didn't do much for me because it didn't, I didn't Oh, do you think you needed help? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I really do think, I, you know, I'm not just putting the blame on, yes, I did have certain learning disabilities and that would affected me in, in school and doing my work. And, but, you know, aside from that, I always thought of myself as being very immature, you know, being selfish in a lot of ways, wanting, you know, just to have fun and, you know, do what feels good for me. So there were just so many things that, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, now... I don't know, talking to a therapist today about my childhood, I don't know what they would say, but it didn't work back then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What? No, yeah, you're, <laughs> our, but our therapist will, I mean, it's unbelievable when I, when I start talking to her, like I'll spring up something that happened like two days ago. And within seven minutes, we're like back in 1992 <laughs> in my living room. And I'm like, how the fuck did you just do that? Right. She's like, well, this is what this means. And I'm like, how did you just bring me down that rabbit hole? I should, I should give her my uh, backstory, see what she has to say about it. Right. <laughs> I'm curious. Right. Yeah, I uh, I think that, you know, m- like I said, my therapist has already, you know, dove into certain things. I, I You know, I, I'm interested in sometimes like all the things that I like. I was really totally obsessed with 
being older before I, you know. Oh, so what I was saying about you now, you still want to be older. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but even like the smoking and, you know, I wonder, was I so obsessed with smoking because my dad was a pulmonary doctor? Was that <laughs> like, I just don't know. And, you know, I've always been really fascinated by sex. Like, is that because Best Little Warehouse in Texas was the first movie? Like, I just, I am so interested in so much of that, like that Freudian, you know, like psychotherapy mm-hmm. type thing you know type stuff but at the same time like we don't have the money or the time to like go down that path i gotta figure out like what the fuck is happening now (laughs) all right let's take another break and uh we'll be right back planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, so what do you think that your parents did really well that you, like, that you hope to replicate with your own kids? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I try to replicate about my mom is that I literally could tell my mom absolutely anything. Still could. I mean, she, there is, no matter what we, I mean, an example is this podcast and everything, you know, everything about it, she just glows when she talks about it. She's never like humiliated about the fact that her daughter reveals such you know, crazy, ridiculous <laughs> things. And she never like tells her friends not to listen to it or, but that's I how know, she's, that's, that's so crazy to me. Like here, listen to my daughter talk about anal. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, right. <laughs> I know. I, I, and yet she doesn't, I don't think she tells her friends and stuff not to listen. Oh, by the way, she doesn't say that specifically. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know how she doesn't because they just grew up in such a different time, but that was her always growing up. Like I literally could have told her anything and she would have been like, it's okay. We'll figure it out. And, mm-hmm. and I did many times cause I fucked up bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she was always like, she just always made you feel like, it was going to be okay and like you were still a good person and you hadn't really fucked up as badly as you think you had even though I had fucked up as badly Mm -hmm. as I thought I had um and there was always my mom you know she's so funny there was always like there was so much laughter like she just is such a funny person purposefully or not like her personality and that was always a big deal too like I you know growing up with a funny mom was fun um, and my dad was just such a good human. Like they both were. My dad was, you know, he's a, he was a doctor, but he was one of those doctors who like get into it for the right reasons and is in it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. he was really known all throughout our town and everything. Everybody knew his name and everybody would always talk about what a great guy he was. And my mom too, like my mom always worked, you know, she worked at this home called the the. I think it was called the Florence Crittenden home or something in Trenton. They both worked in, in inner city Trenton um, with pregnant teenagers and like helped them get their GEDs and she would bring them stuff that they needed. And she just like became almost like, you know, this secondary mom to them. And she did a lot of like tutoring for inner city kids. And she just, they were just good people. And that really influenced me too. That, that was, so those are two things mm-hmm. that, you know, um, so, you know, I started a podcast about anal because they <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, you know, they, I think they definitely made us see, at least my brother and my sister both are doing really good things with their lives. So they Well, have, so are you. I mean, we're, yeah, we're no, helping we are, people, we right? Are, we, <laughs> we are, yes. But no, but they, you know, I think we all sort of saw that and we're like, okay, I, I need to do something where I give back in some way. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope our kids think that too, that, you know, I want them to do something that they love, but I want them to somehow give back. I think that we're really trying to push that on our kids that make sure that you find what you want to do, mm-hmm. something that you love to do and go with that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I think that, you know, as fucked up as, as a, of a kid that I was, my parents really did love me. And they wanted to do anything that they could to try to help me. I said they tried to take me to therapy. They tried to have me talk to the guidance counselors at schools. They tried. They tried everything they could that they could do, even though nothing seemed to work for me. But they really tried, and you know, it came down to 
sending me away to boarding school. And it broke my parents' heart. You know, my, you know, my mother cried, you know. I mean, meanwhile, it's like the most beautiful school ever. It's incredible. And what a it's privilege. it's such a great place. And yeah, but, you know, she's... Yeah, she didn't and want high you school, to be gone, right. You know, she didn't want me out. And they really tried to do, no matter what it cost, no matter what they had to do to try to get me help mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And like I said, you know, did it all work? No. But they just kept trying and trying. And like, I, I feel like that... You know, we, you know, have issues with our kids and we're doing everything that we can do to try to help them and make sure either get them the help that they need or if they're different in certain ways, you know, talk to them, you know, however we can. I I think we're doing the same thing, right? I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I give us, I think we're doing a good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think I definitely, just like you, I learned a lot from that growing up, needing the help, Mm -hmm. passing that down to my kids and seeing what they need help with too and Doing whatever I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stuff that you think you hope we do differently. Uh, yeah. I, you know, for, for me growing up, you know, I, I, I didn't get to see my dad that much. You know, he was literally a workaholic. He started his own business and he loved it. And it was became his third child. I mean, my mom will say that, you know, anytime. And... I understand why he was doing what he did. I get it. Like, and I think you would too, especially with you finding this podcast. You're like, you said this to me last night. You're literally doing this all day, every day. You love this and you're doing it to better yourself and to better our family. And I think that's what my, my parents were doing at the same time too. But I would love for us to be in a situation where, you know, work wasn't the be all end all. And that's all we care about and all we want to do for all the right reasons, I get it, but I just don't feel that way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much, you know, with you, with this podcast, I love it. I love it. So, you know, I love doing everything that I at least have time to do. Um, but I feel like there's, you know, so much more we could do spending time with the kids and not about work and not about, you know, and that's kind of what I grew up with. And I don't know. I don't think he would do the same, you know, if, if my dad was alive today and starting over again. I don't know if he would. Right. Well, I just, it's so interesting. I sometimes think about him like, what would he have been like during the pandemic when he couldn't work? Right. When he couldn't go in. Drive my mother crazy. That's what he would do. <laughs> well, I think most most spouses were driving each other. Well, he didn't crazy have any hobbies. Point. So he did, like, there was no sitting watching Judge Judy all day. <laughs> I mean, that was all you could do during the pandemic. <laughs> right. But what about going back to work? He wouldn't wear a mask, he wouldn't stay home. Right? Don't what you do you think? mean? You think he would wear a mask at work? I mean, he'd sit in the office all day without it. You know? I mean, he wouldn't have a choice. I know. He'd sit in the office all day without <laughs> it. No, no, he wouldn't have a choice. Um, yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I talk a lot about like how my parents were really dichotomies, you know, how my mom was like so all social. My dad was all academics and they for each other were like our, I mean, they're great match for each other they have a great marriage um but that was like we there wasn't a lot of balance in our house I think I think it was a lot of like extremes um as far as even like food and health and everything my mom was one way and my dad was another like there wasn't a lot of overlap in their two personalities so it was very much felt like you were either going to one or the other because they were they had their roles and they were extremes and you didn't want to tell this one about this and you don't want to tell this one about like it was very separate like that, that I hope that our kids sort of see us as more of a unit about all of that stuff. Not that they weren't. I don't want to make it sound like they weren't a unit. They really were. But their personalities were so different. It really was opposites attract. So that made it a little bit complicated. Um, and I, I think also that, you know, same thing, like my dad was worked a lot. I think a lot of people have a similar story uh-huh. maybe about their their family that we didn't, you know, because of the pandemic, we were, you know, we spent a lot of time together and did a lot. But right when I was growing up, I don't have a lot of family memories. Like we didn't really sit down and have dinner together that much. And we didn't, you know, we just we didn't do a lot as a family because we were all different ages and my brother had sports and my sister had dance and I had whatever I was, you know, doing cigarettes behind the smoking class. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I I just, we just didn't do a lot as a family. So, and I think our kids maybe a lot because of the pandemic have gotten really close 
and um, and we do a lot as a family. Again, I think some of that is not too like is not just us doing it. I think it was just happens mm-hmm. because we had no choice. But um, but I hope we'll continue it. You know, now that things are going somewhat back to normal. Yeah, I think also because of the pandemic, you know, we've done we did things with our kids that I don't think we ever would have done before, like having those casino nights and having movie yeah. nights. Like it started kind of a thing that we still do today. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, are you envious of anything for our kids growing up that we didn't have? I know we've. Oh, like, yeah. You are. Oh, definitely. Oh, like what? Oh, my God. You know, it took me 45 minutes just to download one nude pic of a woman online. <laughs> you can stream porn from Shh. within your 10 seconds <laughs> on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I mean, come on. Technology uh-huh. is great. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> but seriously, also they had they have access to information right on their phone, whatever they want, they want to know, whenever they want to know it. It's like we had to go to the card catalog in the library, right. or to an encyclopedia in the basement have of our house. Have you ever been to a card catalog? Yes, absolutely. Okay, to, we had to do research for papers, and we had to go to the library to an encyclopedia. The Dewey Decimal System. I mean, what we had to do to try to find information, yeah, is insane compared to what it is today. Yeah, like you just Google whatever you did want. Did you guys have the an entire uh, Enci- Encyclopedia Britannica? Yes. Yeah, of we course. Did too. We had the salesman come to the house and show us the whole. Oh, thing. really? Oh, yeah. I think. My dads were like his grandfathers, so they're definitely not up to date. Or his fathers. Are there up to date encyclopedias still? I would. Oh, <laughs> you mean now? Yeah. I wonder if there are still encyclopedias. <laughs> I don't know, but um, but the, he, we. I remember. Yeah, I think he still probably has them. They got to be like collectors' editions or something now. Okay, and then I asked if we could answer a word or a phrase while thinking back on your childhood. So, all right, so I'll say the word and you say what came to your mind. Okay. Okay. So I said, uh, and uh, these are also, um, all these questions and everything are in the ebook as one of the topics. It was, um, I mean, not not exactly, like I, I they're a little bit different, but uh, nostalgia and upbringing is one of the topics in the ebook. So mm-hmm. you too can have this conversation. Um, okay. I said a site. The outside. Okay. Just- <laughs> <laughs> No, I remember just being outside oh, all the time. Okay. And, you know, being outdoors. And I love okay. it. Okay. Yeah. A sound. Michael Jackson. Oh, all right. Huge fan of Michael Jackson back then. A smell. Baseball cards. They have a smell? They have a such, and every brand has its own unique smell. Really? I, I sometimes still, well, smell something that reminds me of the smell of a certain baseball card back then. Huh. Yeah. I did not know that. Taste. My mom's cooking. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> um, touch. I don't. I don't know. I didn't do touch either. Yeah. I was thinking about. Um, remember those like weenie things that would like slip through your hands? Yeah, of course. Like that's those little tubes that are yeah, filled with water. Yeah, filled with water. Yeah. I was thinking, thinking one of those. Uh, neighbor. All my friends. Like we, like I said, this town that we lived in. Mm-hmm. My na- my neighbors were less than a five minute walk away. A teacher. Senor Gonzalez oh. at the Hunt School. Oh. He was the one who, the only teacher I ever think I had that really understood me and tried to help me uh-huh. and get me going in a certain direction. Okay. Yeah. A crush. Oh, I had so many of those. Did you name one? I'm not going to na- put a name down here. But why? I had, of a person? Yeah, why not? No, well, no, 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 no. listening? I had lots and lots of crushes. Let's oh, just what about a that. celebrity crush? Did you have a celebrity crush? No, I just up? loved real girls. Real girls. I did love real ones. <laughs> I'm a real boy. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. I just you didn't put. I put down names. I'm not putting names down here. Oh, all right. Who knows? Idol. Um. Okay. As a young kid. Yeah. Don Mattingly. Okay. Huge Yankees fan growing up. Uh-huh. And as a teenager, Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Okay. And also Neil Peart. They both kind of defined my drumming style. Okay. Huge idol of theirs. Toy. Okay. So for my toy that I never had that I always wanted was the Voltron set, the real metal Voltron thing. And I never got it. I had knockoffs. <laughs> I, was only I can't believe to... there was something that you didn't have, a toy. I was not allowed to buy it. It was too expensive. Really? Yep. And so I'm had, shocked. I had the plastic knockoffs and I went to my friend's house to play with them because he had it. Okay. <laughs> a vacation. But also. Oh, okay. Yeah, go. Cabbage Patch Kids. Uh-huh. I had to, I, I'll never forget Sigmund. 
Sigmund. <laughs> I miss Sigmund. <laughs> what happened to Sigmund I that you miss him? I don't know. <laughs> Did you sleep with him at night and of stuff? Of course. Oh, that's so cute. I carried him around. Aww. Yeah. So nice. Okay. Um, vacation. Uh, yeah, we did a lot of vacationing as a family and with family friends. So I really remember a lot of Bahamas and Jamaica and Caribbean stuff. Such fond memories of vacations. Collect. Baseball cards. Right. Of course. Uh, weird. Uh, weird. I remember, which is the weird thing. My recollection of things is really weird. Like I remember the baseball cards. I can remember every card every year, what it looked like. The players that, they, that were on the car, but I f- can't remember to do my homework. <laughs> I can't remember, you know, mm-hmm. like I remember the things that matter to me. Selective memory. Yes, that's exactly what I have. Mm-hmm. Tradition. Um, not much in tradition. The only thing I could think of when I think of tradition is like our Jewish holidays and that kind of thing, which I always hated. I was never into, never liked any of that. I remember one time it was for Rosh Hashanah when my friend was living in the city Instead of going to Russia on a dinner at my mom's, I went to the city to see my friend. We saw Soul Asylum at a small club. Oh my gosh! <laughs> she was so fucking. Mad at me. <laughs> I'll bet she was. <laughs> but it was a great little, small little concert oh to see Soul Asylum so up close. Rosh Hashanah is like one of the most important I Jewish know. holidays of the year. Oh God, you sound like year. my mother. I know. I remember <laughs> her saying that to me after the fact. Okay. Uh, but as far as um, family traditions, I don't, I don't know. Besides, like the holidays, like what. Uh-huh. Other traditions we really had. Right. Like there was nothing specific to your family. I don't think so. But mm-hmm. like I said, I have so much trouble remembering. I know. I wonder, like, do we have traditions with our kids that are not standard traditions? Maybe we need to work so. on that. Why? I don't know. I We did growing up. We had very, I mean, we had a ton that were like unique to our family, especially with my grandfather because he was so into all that. Right. Yeah. All right. Did you answer those? I did. Okay. Oh, you want me to? Uh, you don't want to ask word? me the same way I asked you. It's okay. Sure, I can ask myself. Sight. I said my grandfather. Aww. He was always such a you know just a happy. He was just a happy vision. Sound. Uh, the television in my mom's room, which was always on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> smell. Uh, I said Cabbage Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. They had a good smell. Such a good smell. And my strawberry shortcake dolls. Mm-hmm. They smelled so good. Uh, probably horrible to inhale when you're thinking about it. Right? right. Like what kind of chemicals were they putting mm-hmm. on those toys? Um, taste. Anything my grandmother's made. They were both fantastic cooks. I'm sorry, mom. But anything. Well, you don't have to be said. sorry. Well, yeah. I mean. She knows. She knows. <laughs> yeah. Touch. Oh, we did that. Yeah. Neighbor. Uh, so I have a few, so I was the only girl in the neighborhood. It was all boys and I was a tomboy. So I loved sports and everything. So, you know, we would always like make this, like, you know, this, like, uh, what do you call it? A club, you know? And I was like the only girl and we would have like initiations into the club and stuff. So <laughs> they didn't say no girls it was like allowed. Cornell, this boy, David, um, this kid, Andrew and like me and, you know, we'd have to like. Ro- uh, skateboard down like a super big hill without any pads or helmets and inevitably someone would fall and bust something and i'm sorry so you're obviously from princeton what were those names again <laughs> what do you mean uh, my friend's names were john dan pete rich <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i won't even go into the names of my the high school kids that i went to it. exactly yeah um okay so you have names crush no you missed teacher oh right which is, I mean, you can guess, Mrs. Lehman. Of course. Yeah, whose daughter is going to be on the, uh, she was my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Lehman. I loved her, still close, still very close. Her daughter is and going to be on the wonderful. podcast. She's wonderful. I've we've, met her many times. We've partied with her. Yes, we have. Uh, try going out and partying with your sixth grade teachers. It's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, her daughter's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks. Um, Crush, mm-hmm. Christian Simons and John Alexander, two popular <laughs> boys who never liked me. And I have tried to find them on Facebook and I can't. Why? I don't know. Oh, why have I tried to find yeah. them? I'm just interested <laughs> I don't give a see. shit that you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just interested to see like what their life is now. Right? You never never do that? No. Really? I don't well, first of all, I don't go on Facebook really. I anyway. just I'm just interested in like they wound up going to my rival high school, what you know, from my the rival high school that I went to. And I just like whenever I would see them I'd always be like, Oh, there are those two popular boys who never liked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
But they were very nice. Do you want to hear that they, were they nice. liked you but never said anything or something like that? That didn't happen. Who's your no. idol? What about your idols? I also was the kid. Don't forget, I did third grade twice. So I was the kid who did third grade twice. Okay. I was always that kid who did third grade twice. Uh, my idol was always Whoopi Goldberg. I just, I, I was always growing up, I was obsessed with her. I didn't know that. Movies. Loved her, loved her, loved her. Yes. So you didn't seem that when we met her, well, we didn't really meet, but when she was sitting there right in front of us at that hotel in New York, you didn't seem very... I mean, I still like her, but she, yeah, I mean, I love her. I think she's awesome, but like now she's on The View. It's not the same. Right. She's not doing like Jumpin' Jack Flash and the ghost and everything. But no, I still love her. I'd be very excited. She, I think she's great. All right. Toy? Toy. Uh, Barbie. I did love Barbie. Um, and, you know, always wanted the Barbie dream house. Never got it. Uh, but everything for me was imaginary and pretend play. I was not nearly as into mm-hmm. toys as I was imaginary play. Vacation? Nope. No? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. I don't think we really took a lot of family. We didn't take really family vacations. If my dad had like, don't, but you know, he he put three kids through private school and everything. We just like didn't do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if we did, it was because he had like a, con- a conference somewhere. Right. So it was like a best Western or something with like a small pool that we would get to swim in. You know, I just don't we didn't take like you guys went on cruises and you went to Colorado. and We didn't do any of that. Colorado um, was awesome. Yeah. But it was OK. I mean, we, we listen, we went to the it was we still had a great time. It was OK. OK. Yeah. Collect. Uh, garbage Pail Kids. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Adam Bomb. <laughs> Remember Adam Bomb? Are you kidding? There was no I Danielle, I don't one. think. Oh, there's got to be a Danielle something. I don't remember. I don't know. I think they're working on a yes. new movie. Yes. Some kind of something. It's going to be terrible. Uh, do you know what the number one Garbage Pail Kid was? If you if you own it now, in good condition, it's worth $7,500. It's Adam Bomb. No. Nasty Nick. Why? I don't know. That's Adam Bomb was the always the. He was on all the boxes. He nasty was the Nick. If you have Nasty Nick in good condition, you can get more for it than any other. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe because people saved Adam Bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was last? Oh, weird. Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> uh, yes, you know I talked before about my my childhood. It was uh, stuff was weird. It was I had a weird child. Like our cats were weird. My dog was weird. I would just I loved them, but you know we were uh, was everything was like weird. Okay, I don't know how else to explain it. And tradition. So we had, like I said, tons of awesome traditions. My parents, my grandparents were so good at like making everything so exciting. Our biggest tradition that I remember we always had Hanukkah morning on Christmas morning. Um, my mom just wanted to kind of like, you know, keep it going Hanukkah and was never the same time as Christmas. So we would open small presents on Hanukkah morning and yeah, nice. it was Christmas morning. All right. All right. Oh, wait, I had a oh. few quiz questions. Do you want to do them or no? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Why not? Uh, what fashion craze did Jennifer Beale make famous in the scene of Flashdance? You're asking me? Yeah. I never saw the movie. Stop it you, right you now. You know this. Do I? Yes. That's not okay. <laughs> the off the shoulder. You don't need to even have seen it to know that. Well, the, the, gray, off, the gray sweatshirt yeah, the off the gray shoulder with the pink off, yes, flash dance. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I wonder also if, I guess, leg warmers were before that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, first Wrestle, I thought you would know this. The first WrestleMania took place in March 1985 at Madison Square Garden. Who squared off the main event? Hulk Hogan. And Under the Giant? Mm-mm. It was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T against the Iron Sheik and Rowdy Roddy yeah. Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper was my favorite wrestlers. Oh, okay. Love so them. that I don't know who won. Um, Hogan always wins. This was interesting. I wish I would double check this. What was the most popular song of the 1980s? <laughs> the oh, whole geez. decade. The most popular song. <laughs> I have no idea. Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Really? Yeah. Let's Get I know the physical. song. That's yeah, that video was awesome. That's the most popular? And in, and my last question is, in Dirty Dancing, what was Baby's real first name? Francis. Oh, yeah, that was good. Damn right. Yes. All right. <laughs> Are we done? I think we're done. All righty. Anything you want to close out with, or are we good to go? I think we're good to go. 
Thanks, guys. Yeah, remember you can get the questions in the ebook. Yeah. If you want to support us and also, um, so you know. marriagemartinis.com slash DNQ. DNQ. Yeah. All, All right, right, guys. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.